Asia-Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning, good morning and welcome to all the listeners out there on this beautiful Saturday out there here in Melbourne, the 19th of November. And my name is Pierre Morrow and I'll be taking you through to half past nine on the program of Asia Pacific Currents brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. And thank you very much to Solidarity Breakfast for another interesting program and the music um, and this time I can actually tell you what the music you were listening to was uh, Something Has Changed by Kate Vigo and things are certainly changing in the world but we just have to organise um, and make sure they change they change our way. Now, if you like what you hear on today's program of Asia Pacific Currents, and of course there's people out there who are listening at live on the internet or as podcast, you can go to our website, uh, all the W's, A-A-W-L.org.au, um, and a lot of these news items will be uh, up by um, tomorrow night, or you can always go to our Facebook page, Australia Asia Worker Links. And um, on today's program, we'll have an interview that I did last week with Nasir Mansour, who is the Deputy General Secretary of the National Trade Union Federation of Pakistan, about the, the terrible explosion and massacres of workers at the Ghadani shipyards. Um, the, the death toll from the, um, these horrific massacres of workers has uh, risen to at least 26. There might be more, but that's the last time I looked with um, possibly 10 more workers still listed as a missing. Uh, and as you go through the, as you listen to through the interview, uh, you'll see why, uh, you'll hear why it's actually hard to know how many workers have actually died. Uh, this disaster has certainly focused national attention on the conditions for workers in these workplaces and there have been numerous meetings and rallies by thousands of workers at these shipbreaking yards who are demanding justice for the dead and injured and better conditions for them. So hopefully um, with this latest uh, disaster um, some improvements can be made to them. But again, that interview will be coming up around uh, in about 10 minutes time um, to hear more about the conditions at the Gadani ship breaking yards and um, and stay tuned until the end of the of the program because I've got three rallies to announce two on today and one tomorrow all very important so stay tuned um, until half past nine but um, we'll go to our news um, news roundup uh, straight away and um, the first one is to um, to Thailand, where this week the imprisoned journalist and labour activist Somyut Pruksakansam Suk was awarded the prestigious uh, Giontel Il Labour Prize. Somyut is the first non-Korean winner of this award, which is the award given annually by the trade union labour movement 
in memory of uh, John Tail, uh, who is a historic, um, heroic figure in the Korean trade union movement, to um, a trade unionist and, and worker activist. So Somit has been the, the first non-Korean to receive this. As Somit was, is still in jail in Thailand, the award was accepted on his behalf by his daughter, Sukanya Pruksakam Simsuk. Following the award, uh, Sukanya asked for Somyot's supporters to write to him in jail as a continued show of solidarity. And uh, obviously, there's still um, solidarity protests happening around the world um, against the Thai military dictatorship and for the freedom of Somyot and of other um, political prisoners in um, in Thailand. And um, we we go now to um, to nearby to China, where um, the news has come that uh, Meng Han has become the latest independent labour activist in China to be jailed for organising workers and taking industrial action. Meng was sentenced to eighteen months in jail for gathering crowds to disrupt public order. Meng is the fourth Guangdong labor, activist, labor rights activist to be convicted in uh, the last two months, but he has received the harshest sentence of the four because he has refused to confess to his crime, or I would say alleged crime, of organizing workers. In an unrelated but important development, the Chinese government has jailed 49 company and government employees that were found guilty of contributing to the horrific blast last year in the northern city of Tianjin that killed 173 people. So at least that's good to see that um, uh, someone has been uh, held uh, accountable for that horrific um, explosion in Tianjin just over a year ago. Hi, this is Mitchell from Cut Copy, and you're listening to 3CR. Please support Community Radio. Subscribe now. And um, staying in South Korea, so this was actually my second page, so um, I should have seen it, that we do actually have two stories uh, that concern South Korea. As uh, regular listeners would know, this month has seen an unprecedented political crisis engulf the government of South Korea. Last week, one million people took part in a demonstration in central Seoul calling on President Park Joon-hye to step down due to the influence peddling scandal in- involving her confident Choi Soon-sil. And if people haven't heard about this um, scandal, um, I highly recommend for you to Google um, the, the the issue of President uh, Park and uh, uh, confident because it makes fascinating reading. It's basically about um, that President Park has got this um, has got this friend, a long uh, long time friend, and basically this friend um, looked at all the government legislation and um, uh, with her and, and gave advice, even though she has no elected uh, or no formal position. The um, of course the administration of uh, Park Geun-hyu has been relentless in its attacks against workers in the last couple of years. And workers have fought back with massive mobilizations of hundreds of thousands of people throughout the country. 
Korean unions have now called for a new general strike for the 30th of November, so at the end of this month, to um, to act as a catalyst and force the resignation of the president. So wish you all the best, uh, comrades, for this effort, and uh, hopefully you can get out another massive show of force at the end of this month. And another country where there's ongoing uh, unrelenting repression is in Turkey, where the repression of uh, that by the Turkish government has not only confined to workers, but has also now increasingly targeted opposition political parties. This week, anti-terror police units arrested the co-mayors of the Kurdish cities of Sirt, Dersim and uh, Chisre for alleged terrorist crimes. This comes on top of from the arrest early this month of, um, of 14 of the 59 parliamentarians of the opposition People's Democratic Party or HDP. And uh, um, the ones arrested included the party's co-leaders Selahattin Demintas and Fijian Yuksegdag. Now, these latest attacks are, of course, on top of the tens of thousands of workers who have been dismissed, the 140 journalists who are now in jail, and the numerous media outlets that have been shut down since the failed coup in mid-July. Hello, I'm Ben from Regurgitator. Stay tuned to 3CR, support community radio and your local music scene, and subscribe now. As the last uh, news uh, roundup for this week, we actually go very local and to Australia. The issue of the systemic and rampant, rampant exploitation of migrant workers in Australia was once again exposed this week in a number of media outlets. A number of, of uh, farms uh, in Victoria were exposed as using a web of subcontracting companies to pay workers only a few day, only a few day, only sorry, start again, only a few dollars a day for their work. This exploitation is a role, is a result of the ongoing attack on unions and the increased use by employers of short term visitors to Australia as um, as vulnerable workers. Only by granting permanent residency status to these workers, increasing penalties on employers, which of course usually they get almost scot-free for underpaying um, workers, and stronger unions will these practices be able to be tackled. And uh, having just come back from a three-day national conference of my union, the Australian Services Union, I can tell you that um, we as unions certainly try to have stronger unions, but it's very difficult. So um, we need all the support that we can. And, of course, if you're listening and you haven't joined your union, join your union and get involved. So this is the end of the News Roundup. Um, for this week. Again, if you want more information, go and look at our website, uh, aawl.org.au. We'll go for a short community announcement and then we'll be back with the interview with uh, Nasia Mansour. Did you miss the latest episode of your favourite 3CR show? Visit 3CR's new improved website. Now you can listen to the latest episode of almost every 3CR show with one click, including music, arts, community languages, current affairs and more. No need to podcast, no need to download. Visit 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. Then go to your favourite programs page to listen. Listen.
Last week I was um, fortunate enough um, to be able to interview Nasia Mansu, who is the Deputy General Secretary of the National Trade Union Federation of Pakistan, about the horrific explosion and death toll at the Ghadani shipbreaking yards. Uh, like I said, this was done early uh, last week, so you'll hear some of the dates have already been um, um, have already passed. Can you tell us what happened on the 1st of November at the Gadani shipbreaking yards with the explosion? On that fateful day, it was oil tanker who was beached 10 days ago. The work was started at a 31st of November in the evening and they have recruited uh, around uh, 200 workers to start work at that uh, oil tanker. So when they wake up in the morning and they started to work at 9.40, there was a a blast. It was because uh, one worker was cutting iron sheet and the spark touched with the oil and petrol, which was spread somewhere and it got the fire and then started different blast in it because of number of cylinders were there gas cylinders were there and then it reached to the oil tankers and then there was a huge fire and four hours after that fire the fire tenders came to ship breaking yard and it was because of we call them i was there at 11 o'clock at 11 a.m. in the yard and our union comrades were there on that time and they called a different government officials administration but no one was there to stop the fire so it was a very pathetic and horrifying uh, accident uh, workers were burning alive and they were jumping out from the ship and the debris of because of the blast fall up three or four kilometers away from the yards from the the ship and even some uh, parts of the body were collected from a two or three kilometer away from the yard the number of workers died under the debris so till now we calculated 29 workers we have confirmation of a 29 workers died around 55 workers are admitted in a different hospitals out of which five are in a very very critical conditions due to burns and they are the 100 percent burn but the number of worker how many workers are missing is still not confirmed because there is a no data available about it so because number of workers are immigrant workers especially from the bangladesh so till now 14 families have contacted us and they inform that their family members are missing nasia what you've just described is horrific especially talking about that you had to call the fire engines four hours after the fire actually started but maybe you can also tell the the listeners who might be shocked to hear about this incident 
some of the conditions that workers are forced to work under and the real lack of health and safety measures. You see, some people say that Gadani shipyard is graveyard for the old ships, but it is confirmed that it is not a graveyard of the ships, but is a graveyard for the workers. It was started in 1969. Till now, around 800 workers died because of the, these kind of accidents and thousands of workers injured. So there is no record of it. It is only because of safety and occupational safety and health issues and negligence from the labor department side, negligence from the employers and the contractors. That's why all these are happening. And nobody is listening the voices and the cries of the workers to improve the working and the living condition at the workplace. Not a single labor law is implemented over here. Workers work on a daily wages. They don't have a weekly holiday. They don't recognize and they are not registered with the social security institutes. They don't have pension schemes. And the worst thing is that they work without any precautionary measures and they don't have the equipments with them. So every day there were that kind of small accidents every day. Around 20 to 25 workers each year died because of these accidents. But now because this was a big disaster, big tragedy, that's why now the media is much more focused on it and they are discussing that issue. In Pakistan, in each and every workplace, the biggest issue is the safety and health for the workers. The workers died, you see, you know that four years ago in a September, in a garment factory, 260 workers died, died in a factory fire. So we are, since then, we are on the roads, we are talking with the government, we are demanding from the government to listen and make it possible for the workers to work in a good environment. But never they never listen. The same is now happening in the shipbreaking yard. You see, now is the 10th day. There's a no response from the government side. Workers died and they don't have their starving. The families are starving. They don't get uh, any kind of a compensation. The workers who are in the hospitals, they are not getting a good, uh, a better treatment. And there is a no response for the, from the government side. And so is a very pathetic conditions over there. So you see, the Gadani shipbreaking as compared to other sectors are more worse because in that area, when there's a work in a peak, there are around 25,000 workers work. But now the capacity of work is reduced. Still, there are 12,000 working directly at the shipbreaking yard. But the labor law, labor department, social security institute, environmental agencies, police, and the local administration, they have a very close knitted and very closely they are collaborating with the employers. They are getting the bribes from them and then don't allow to work, raise their voices, cry or demand anything from them. You see, 
in a ship breaking yard whenever even if a worker died they don't allow them to perform religious ritual the last ceremonies at ship gadani ship breaking yard they just shifted the workers who died injured from the injured from the ship breaking yard on an open trucks that the trucks which used for the scrap there is not a single ambulance is there so everything is going on like a jungle law because the, the administration the department concern are very much closer with the factory uh, the ship owners so we are for the last 9 years we are struggling against the injustice with the workers we have formed two unions and these unions were deregistered after the labor department get a bribe from a millions of rupees as a bribe from the ship breakers ship breakers themselves formed a yellow union and they are getting a 100 rupees from each and every worker per month and these money they used to bribe the different departments to shut their mouth and repress the workers over there so now the situation is that uh, now the government are in a contact with us and they say that and they they are trying to pretend that they are serious about it they say that they want to make some special laws for the ship breaking yard but still we don't believe them because their whole tradition is that they never speak for workers they never want to improve the working condition of the worker at workplace very sad and heavy words the nasia and just a, a quick clarification what is the daily wage for workers employed in these ships you see is a vary from trade to trade just like if is a helper he get around the 3 300 rupees per day but they are not a paid holiday if he don't work on a sunday he can't get a 300 rupees <laughs> the same is with the welder a cutter uh, workers work on a different on a cleaning or different professions at the ship that it vary from 300 to 900 rupees per day but without holiday without paid holiday and obviously without any um, health and safety equipment no yeah, no safety equipment no social security no union no uh, any grant no pension for them you've mentioned a little bit about how you managed to form two unions and then you got deregistered we get the idea that the pressure on you and fellow labor activists to organize will be very heavy from both the government and the employers yes because employees employers are the most powerful section of the society they are well connected with the the government officials the political parties and the government even high up from a prime minister level they are well connected so they can use all these these leverages and to stop the formation of a union so we are constantly under threat from them and from the administration also two years ago we organized a different demonstration and activities our me was also tortured by the police and our number of workers and the union leader was arrested and number of cases were registered against them 
but we are on the ground we have the office over there they don't recognize us but whenever there is a, any kind of a problem we resolve them to resolve it with the help of and the, with the power of the workers and now today the problem is that now they have stopped the work they have, the government has uh, announced an order and they stopped work at the ship breaking yard it means that financial murder of our 12000 workers so they are starving at the moment so we have demand from the government to restore the work work and the operation at the ship breaking yard otherwise we will go for the protest on the 14th of november as a final question nasia i think you have explained the situation very well and have shown the difficulties that you operate in what do you think is going to happen in the next 6 12 months in terms of the workers conditions do you think that such a bad accident as what happened early this month will give you enough impetus to be able to carry some real changes for in workers lives yes you see we are optimistic and we are we see the positive side of the things and we hope that the thing will be changed will started to change because you see before that accident it was not agenda of the society now it is become a agenda of the society now it is a discussion in the media in the newspapers in different sectors now they are speaking on it and now even the government officials are negotiating with us and we are going to make a one code for our ship breaking workers and there's a meeting on the 30th of november with the government officials and i will submit that document just as we have a ship breaking code in alang in india that after the adoption of that code now the situation is little bit better than pakistan so now we also trying to form that kind of ship breaking code in in pakistan and we are preparing finalizing that code and it will be worked and now the government is also negotiating with us and they are trying to discuss the issue of the union registration of our workers with the social security institute they are discussing how to register the worker with different departments and make possible in all ways health and safety related issues at the workplace at especially at the ship breaking yard Well that sounds encouraging news uh, Nasia unfortunately it needed such a terrible accident to push it forward yeah. but we we wish you all the very best and we'll certainly keep in touch and we would certainly wish you all the very best for you and all the workers at the Gadani shipbreaking yards and we hope that you'll be able to organize Thank you thank you very much because of international solidarity from the workers from the concerned people it always encourage and give us strength that we are not alone if we are on the struggle we have the international community our friends our comrades are there so it give us the strength and the power to fight against the injustice thank you for your calling me and forwarded my voice and my cry it's the cry of the workers from the gadani shipyard to different people from the different areas thank you very much thank you and in solidarity hi i'm no, i didn't do testing oh, okay. testing testing <laughs> okay hi i'm susanna espy and i'm ayla and you're listening to 
That's right, and it's uh, Asia-Pacific Currents on 3CR Radio, your local and favourite community radio station. And really, I'm at the end of my show here, of our show. Um, you were listening to an interview I did last week with Nasir Mansour, who is the Deputy General Secretary of the National Trade Union Federation in Pakistan about the horrific uh, uh, mass um, death or mass killing of workers in the Gadan shipbreaking yards. Now, um, about a minute to go before the Palestine Remembered program comes on. Just like I said, three announcements of three demonstrations. One is at 1pm today at Federation Square. Uh, there's a demonstration called by RISE, uh, Block the Bill, uh, Refugees, Asylum Seekers and Ex-Detainees. Uh, condemn the Turnbull government's plan to introduce legislation to ban asylum seekers forever from coming to Australia. So there's a protest at 1pm today at Federation Square. Now that will be followed by 2pm, also Federation Square, by the, the, the global rally for Bursi 5. This is the ongoing demonstration and campaign in Malaysia against the government and against government corruption. Uh, so that's actually Bursi number 5 and that's happening at 2pm Federation Square and we've been told that arrests, pre-demonstrations arrests have been made in Malaysia already to try and stop these demonstrations from happening. And tomorrow, and as you've heard it in uh, the Saudi Breakfast show, there is a major counter rally against um, against Trump and, and a variety of racist and fascist groups that are trying to um, expand the, the reach and, and organise. So that's uh, the counter rally uh, against racism and fascism and Trump at Parliament House tomorrow at 1pm. So be there. That's all that I've got from you. You've been listening to Asia Pacific Current brought to you every week by Australia Asia Workerlings. My name is Pierre Morrow. We'll be back next week with another program. Actually, we'll have Giselle um, relating back about her solidarity trip to India. So that'll be a fascinating program. So, so stay tuned for next week, but certainly stay tuned now for Palestine Remember That will be coming right up next. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.